0: How do you even get the, how do you get that built especially with like the fire like the, the the gas that comes in to knock people out
1: imagine being a contractor and walking into this guy's house and he's like oh yeah just you know i want this uh hook <laughs> right here not for any particular reason
0: do you think any gas could come out of this or does it have to be like <laughs> what kind of gases could we use i finally watched Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alan. And today we have a special guest.
1: Hi, I'm Taylor. And I finally watched the girl with the dragon tattoo. This my is wife. Taylor.
0: This is oh my god. So <laughs> this is Taylor. I think this is your third episode. The two oceans uh, movies. No, this, this is the fourth. fourth episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did uh, two
1: of the oceans movies.
0: Yeah, but then um, what was the other one? The Gosling movie the notebook the notebook the notebook yes this is a little bit di- this is a love story quite different from the notebook this um, is a love yeah. story at all uh, i guess a little bit yeah so we basically had to find a guest who hadn't seen it in order so that we could have an excuse to talk about it because um i forget what it was the other day but i was just basically just talking about like i think this is not the best david fincher movie but i think it's my favorite to to watch like multiple times over and over again um, it, it's like got the some fucked up parts like seven, but then it's just got some really well done parts like like social network and zodiac. Um, I think social network and zodiac are like probably his top two. Um, but I just like I think this movie is just really well done. I think it's paced well, even at two hours and 40 minutes. I think it's the music like really like builds the tension and just keeps it interesting and i think it's just a very well done mystery so i saw the original foreign girl with the dragon tattoo in theaters and i then saw this one i think christmas day in theaters or shortly after i can't remember well Well,
2: i I saw this in theaters twice so
0: that that's that Well, well that's good I saw I saw both of them once, so one plus one equals two as well. The reason that I wanted to see this movie twice
2: in theaters was just because of the opening credits scene of the way like the, the CGI congeal black slime and stuff. I thought that was really cool. And it, it i I think um Led Zeppelin like barely lets people use that song in the immigrant song in any film or like the only other place I've ever heard this song in a movie is Thor. Well, so it.
0: so there's actually like a pretty interesting yesterday I read. Um, do you guys know who Young Gravy is? Yeah. So Young Gravy no, is being. I don't. But, but Taylor does. So Young Gravy is being sued by Rick Astley um from the famous song the rickroll song never, gonna, never give gonna give you up, give you up. Yeah. so he has this song called like get betty get money or something that is basically i thought was a sample of never gonna give you up but like basically what he did is he he was able to use the beat to make his own song but he then didn't get the licensing to use rick astley's sample so he paid a guy to sound as much like Rick Astley as he could. So now Rick Astley is suing him, basically saying you couldn't get a sample. So you got this other form of copyright to be able to like recreate the song. And I didn't have any control over that. So I'm suing you because you basically tried to get around the sample. And I feel like that has to be what happened here, right? They like recreated an immigrant song with like a female singer and it's Atticus Roskin and... um. I can't remember the other guy uh, from Nine Inch Nails. Um, uh, th- no, Ross and Atticus Finch. They're like they're recreating the song, and it's just like it's funny that it, like they had that suit at this exact same time as well. I'm like rewatching this movie, like the the way that like music and copyright works, and like the different variations, like how Taylor Swift can like re-record her songs, but like someone can oldly own masters, but they don't own the songs. Like all of that shit is so confusing to me. But yeah, we have the Immigrant Song in this, sung by someone else. Yeah,
2: and uh, that that's what made me go to the theater twice for it. Um, also, I think you're right. This is a really well-paced movie. This is a really well-done mystery. It's not my favorite. Like, It's not one that I could go see over and over again. I think Seven would probably be the one I could go see over and over again. And Zodiac is definitely uh, a re- uh, on repeat for me. But... Let's see, Taylor, overall, what did you think of The Girl with Dragon Tattoo?
1: I, I don't want to say I enjoyed it because it's not like an enjoyable movie to watch. I appreciated it.
2: You found entertainment in it.
1: Yeah, I I really liked the mystery part of it. And um, the way that they did the unfolding of the mystery, I thought was really different and clever. Um I wouldn't say that I would ever want to watch it again. It was really hard to watch. Really hard to watch.
2: It's a really dark film and has it has like very little to no levity in it.
0: There there actually is some, a little bit. It all and it's funny is the person who is sort of violated the most in this movie is Lisbeth played by Rooney Mara and all the levity really comes from lines from her.
2: That's true. And it's yeah. it's
0: I think it's like a smart decision to do it that way, like to have that character be the one to like sort of the litmus test for what we're allowed to laugh at.
2: She's the character with the biggest chip on her shoulder, but she's also the only comedy relief we get through the whole film.
0: Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about in the beginning too is so for doing this movie, I decided to rewatch the foreign version the, the swedish version and the reason I wanted to do that is because so I remember when I first saw that version and then I saw that this one came out I was kind of annoyed I was like I don't understand why we need to do this like that version was so good and then when I watched Fincher's version I was like I think that's a better done movie but I think that the um the mystery is a little m- more well done in the foreign version which I now like a little bit disagree with. I think what I was thinking of is, so there's there's two main mystery elements to this. One, it's the other murders. And then two, it's like the photo component of like trying to figure out what Harriet's looking at, you know, who that person is. And so the way they handled the other like biblical murders in the, in the foreign version, they just extended it a lot. They like included both of them in on it. And so it's like, but I, after watching both of them this week, I just, I think this is like, the better version and that's like the other one is still really great. But I mean, this one has Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, and then you have Scarsgard is like one of my favorite, like pure evil characters in like a movie, just like, especially that, that last scene where he has Daniel Craig tied up. So, um, I, I think we can get into it unless you have any more overall thoughts.
2: No, I was just going to say that, um, the, the overall like pacing of the movie we said was really good, but I did feel like it took a while. Uh, watching it this time, for me, it I remember them teaming up sooner in the film, and it, I just realized how long it takes for those two characters to meet. Um, I find it funny that even before they meet, though, like in the movie, that she knows everything there is to know about him. Anyway, so it's almost like because of that, there's a lot of uh, history between these characters that have already been, like it's already been done. The work is already there. So when they do meet, it's like this instant connection, which I think
0: you need that because it's, you know, this movie has a time limit. Yeah, and I think that the other thing this movie does too is it's like... It's either a little bit more subtle than the other version or it's like taking into account people have watched that version or people have read the book to where like some of the way they depict things. Like one of the things is Lisbeth is like a photographic like memory genius. You know what I mean? Like she is a complete like, you know. She's just in, a this, genius. in this version, in the American version. No, in both versions, they spell uh, it out in the other version. They spell it out so more, much more specifically. And are like, I think at one point even say like, oh, so you're a genius. But in this version, it's like things like uh, the, when she's going over to that guy's house the night uh, for the one really bad scene. He's like, oh, do you have a pen and paper? She's like, I don't need a pen and paper. Tell me the address. Or like when he hands her the Bible verses, she's like, I don't need it. I have it. I mean, just, like, things like that uh, to just, like, show you, like, oh, she's just, you know, the way her brain works. So, yeah. Um Yeah. it's it, it, So, it's either the movie is, like, you've read the book, you kind of know the story, so I'm going to depict it this way. Or it's just, like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more subtle and it, it, like, rewards rewatching it. So, um the movie starts out with this call from Christopher Plummer. I even forgot to mention fucking Christopher Plummer in this like that's another just like amazing actor to have like lead this movie have like this you know he, like lead part but not a very not a very big role too you know and all of the, all
2: things considering also the second christopher plummer movie we've done that involves nazis
0: well and christopher plummer um the second you know we've also done the other 2011 movie from this beginners and in that the uh elizabeth's boss from the like the agency is his like I think his gay lover, or one of his lovers in the movie in Beginners? In
2: in Beginners, okay. Yeah,
0: which it, like seems like three years ago we did that movie. Now, um, but yeah, he calls the cop to discuss. He's like, "Oh, we got another. I got another one of these flowers." And he's like, "You know, they they keep coming." And um, and then we get your opening credits that you had. To, you went to go see twice.
2: They're so good. They're so good. And I think like. Back then, you don't really, you didn't really see much of that kind of motion work to that extent.
1: I don't know how you've seen the opening to Sam Raimi's, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's. I don't know. Seems uh
0: <laughs> Oh, going through the webs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you say you say a little plagiarism.
1: I'm just saying the the early 2000s vibe was there
2: well it's a shame too because i because watching this on dvd and that's how taylor watched it for the first time but it's so much more visually stimulating in theaters just having that like on the big screen um you know 15 feet high is just like i don't know it it, i watching it now on on the dvd version i was just like oh okay
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i um i don't know i uh I wouldn't mind seeing this again in theaters, not maybe for that part of it. Cause the other thing too, is like the cinematography of the movie is is fairly like, you know, you have this like frozen North pole, like Sweden that you're in a lot, but then yep. like the, the flashbacks to 1966, I think like the way that's presented is pretty beautiful. Like the whole thing really kind of puts you in the place you're at. Um, the, so this movie, I think, spends, like, what? The first, like, ten fifteen 15 minutes just setting it up, right? So Mikhail Bloomquist, who's played by Daniel Craig, loses a, li- a libel suit against this Wennerstrom guy. It's going to wipe out his life savings. In the foreign version, he actually is going to go to jail. So I guess libel is a criminal matter in Sweden, which is interesting. Um, okay. And then he tells, you know, we find out that he's having an affair with Robin Wright, which is like, you no. Know, who Among Us wouldn't. You know who's also
2: in this scene is Joel Kinneman, who uh is in like Suicide Squad and and, and uh, plays Rick Flag in that, and then he's also um oh what's that the show? Killing. The killing. He's in the show The Killing. Um he has one line that you can barely hear, I think at, like a word at the beginning and a line at the end but yeah. i didn't know who he was when i last saw this so watching knowing who he is and watching this again i was like oh shit he's in it and then it's just he's just he's not really in it
0: at all so the reason he is in this is because that character plays a major role in 2 and 3 and the plan was for them to make the full trilogy and so he signed oh. up for that and then he got this um it's one of my biggest like regrets that we don't get to see the next two films. Although I will say that like of the three, this is the best book. Like the mystery, the rest of it sort of just goes into like Elizabeth and her backstory, but like this one has like the full mystery to it. Yeah, because so. the other ones don't have the Daniel Craig character, right? No, he's in all of them. Oh, he is okay. Yeah, but I mean, she becomes more central to it. The rest of it, from what I remember, I mean, at this point, it's been like forever so um and then we meet lisbeth um and it, it it does get right into we meet her when what frodo uh comes to like he wants to get more information on daniel craig's character and i do love some of the lines like you know you know what is a <laughs> what is what is not in this report that you should have told me you know maybe some personal thing and she's like well uh, he's having an affair. Sometimes he performs cunnilingus. Not enough in my opinion. He's like, you were right to not put that in the report. She's like, I know.
2: I think a huge part of this movie is the underestimating her. Um, and everyone does it. And it, she's, she is like the, the main hero. Like, if you think about what Mikhail, uh does, uh, Daniel Craig's character does, He's just, like, he he's super, like, um, aware, and he notices things, sure, and eventually solves the mystery. But he solves it at the same time that she solves it. And on top of that, she's the one kicking all the ass. In the end, she saves him. So it's, it's like, this, this underestimating of her character showing in this scene is just, like, kind of a theme throughout the whole film.
0: Yeah, and, you know... We get after this too. her, she continues to spy on Daniel Craig and she continues to look up Wennerstrom because she, she gives this line where she's like, yeah, he made a fool of himself. If you think it went down that way, basically like, you know, he was kind of set up, which is not, once again, it's kind of like subtly put in there until it's explained at the very end when she's like, oh, I, I did some more digging. If you, if you want to look at it, um, And then we next get to him meeting Vanger. You know, there's a call at Christmas and, you know, he decides to go up there. Um, and I love this explanation in this first flashback where he's like, you're going to be investigating the most detestable group of people, my family. Um, and actually I sent you last night, I sent you a family tree. Yeah, a family tree. Because I was like, I'm even confused as to like, who's what? Because basically like, Anita and Harriet are friends in the same age, but Anita's her aunt. Yeah. It was so confusing
2: age. to yeah. me. Not her this is not her cousin. Yep.
1: Yeah. So. While we were watching it, you kept saying that Skarsgård was his son. I'm like, no, it's his nephew. And we argued the whole movie because I was like, oh, like, I think it was this person. I think it was this person. And Alan's like, no, that's, it's definitely not. It's definitely this person. And I think we were talking about the same exact person, but we couldn't, we couldn't figure out what their title was in the family.
0: Right. So. Well, cause yeah. Cause we learned that what Harriet's grandfather was a Nazi and then it's not explained, but her father Gottfried, I think was also a Nazi. And then yeah. Harold, who is also, you know, Harriet's grandfather is Henrik's brother. Harold is also Henrik's brother. They were all Nazis. And it's also, there's this, like, undercurrent of, like, Harold, at one point in the movie, when we finally get to meet him, is, like, I don't hide the past like the rest of Sweden does. And I was, like, did Sweden have, like, a huge Nazi problem? Like, I didn't, you know what I mean, that I didn't know about? Or is it just, like, I don't know, this small group that Harold was in, and he's, like, now nah, we were all Nazis. Maybe. Maybe they did. I mean, it would make more sense for
2: him to be like, Oh, I don't hide it. Like the rest of my family does. Right. Because we find out later that they, they pretty much sweep all that under the rug, except for Harold that who just kind of, he has a very messy house, but I'm sure if you like, he's not really hiding any of his medals or anything, you know, it's
0: probably all there. Right. So, so then we get to the flashback and, one thing I noticed for the first time in this is we actually see Martin in the flashback on the bridge, helping the guy get out of the car and then he has his jacket and he flips it to put it back on and the shot cuts right before you see the crest. So the movie's kind of telling you like he was there, but it doesn't want to give away too much. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. I so mean, just
0: it's, that flashback is kind of weird
2: because we kind of get it before we meet the rest of the family. So it's like we see the young versions of everyone, but we have no idea who who they all are. We we know who Harriet is and we know who Christopher Plummer is because we get it from his like POV of his, his him telling the story. So when he says, oh, Harriet was obviously trying to tell me something, but I wouldn't listen. We know that he's the guy who wouldn't listen. And Harriet's the young girl who looked like he was she was trying to tell him something but everyone else was just kind of like you, you piece everyone who everyone is later on. Cause you get each piece of the puzzle later on.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say the foreign version does a um, better job of like explaining who everyone is and kind of setting it up um, where this one is just like, you, you kind of figure it out as you go along. And so like, I don't know it, it's in order to like follow it, it might be better to set it up like in a more like, laying out the plot sort of way. Like this is exposition so you can follow it, but it's like less right. real to life of like how it would be explained to him and how he would figure it out along the way. So really you just needed one shot of that family tree for like ten seconds so we could all look at it.
2: <laughs> we need to keep coming back to it too, because every piece of information and Daniel Craig's character has this little thing that he's doing in his in his shack. But we as the audience never really get to see it in like full detail. So we don't know, you know, unless we keep track of it. So yeah, that was just really confusing to me. And obviously I was wrong, but Taylor had a way to keep track of it. What was your, what was?
1: I paid attention. (laughs) Uh,
2: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: I think it, it was really brief and he went through it so fast at the beginning. First of all, I want to say that whole scene where he's describing his family, I could not stop laughing I thought it was hilarious the way that he talked shit about each person in his family. I thought it was so funny.
2: Oh, you're talking about where he's like, and she doesn't talk to him and he doesn't talk to her and he's a Nazi. Like yeah. That. And
1: he's like, oh, what about her? And he's like, asshole. <laughs> it's like everything that he said was was really funny. But that that quick little run through, um, I don't know. I just, there there were some people that I was unsure, but they ended up not really mattering. And the people that mattered, I was able to remember who was who somehow.
0: There was Berger and Isabella who like we meet for one minute at the hospital, but otherwise they're like not in the movie, but they get mentioned. Yeah.
2: And then I think really the important part is to understand that there's a company that's owned by Harriet and Martin's father. And then when he died, Martin got the company. And I think I was just confused on thinking that Maybe it was run by the brothers, and then Martin was Christopher Plummer's son. But I understand now how that doesn't make sense.
0: I think Henrik ran it, right? Which is funny because if you look at that family who the chart, fuck is Henrik? No,
1: it, it was his son who runs the company. It wasn't his brother's son. It wasn't Martin. You're still confused.
0: <laughs> no, okay. So Henrik is Christopher Plummer. He's running the company. But also, Gottfried works for the company, too. And then now, at the current day, which is 2002, Martin runs the company because Henrik is too old. I was right. Henrik doesn't have any children. Henrik doesn't have any children.
1: But Martin is Gottfried's child. Yes. So So, he
2: basically gave the company to his nephew when he got too old.
1: Okay, so I, I understand why it was confusing because at the beginning he said that when his brother died he took care
0: of martin and harriet
1: of martin and harriet so they were like his kids but they weren't
0: his kids yeah and the uh the other thing that uh you know you talked about that line where he was talking shit about all his family you know he's like oh they live there they live there and then um uh daniel craig has this line he's like and you live right there and he's like oh yes the person who hires the detective has to be on the list and i was like i'm pretty sure that's a line from knives out which starred daniel craig and christopher plummer and i just think that's like so funny because i think he says that like oh we ha- we have to figure out who hired me because that's u- that's like usually the prime suspect of who did something you know who's the bad guy um so i just love that part the the other thing is like the flashback a little bit felt like like the setup of like an unsolved mystery show, right? Because they are like, yeah, so the bridge was closed, so she couldn't have escaped that way, they would have seen her. And she couldn't, if she had drowned in the water, her body would have come back. There were no boats missing, so she has to be dead. And then at the end, you're just like, oh, damn it, someone took her across the bridge.
2: It was like, it was the Nazi with the uh, pipe... In the foyer Killing Harriet. Um, the the thing that I, I was also confused about, and I think this is definitely one of his most like intricate plot movies. Um <laughs> the like a confusing plot and his most like sexually charged films <laughs> put into one in this one. But the thing that I was confused about is that it was harriet that kept delivering the flowers to christopher Plummer, right correct kind of a dick move on her part if you look at it that way no
1: no and i had even said that i knew she was alive and i was like she's the one sending it because she loved him
0: in the uh in the foreign version she says i kept sending them to you so that you would know i was out there somewhere
1: yeah, I thought that was...
2: But in the beginning, it's introduced really fucking creepy because Christopher Plummer is like... Well, Daniel Craig is like, who else knows about these flowers? And he's like, me, Harriet, and her killer. And then it just comes to this thing where it's like, I don't know, it just, it just
0: came off as real creepy in the beginning. Well, yeah, that's the point. But it's it's funny. He's like, me, Harriet, and her killer. And then you're like, oh, so... The only reason you think the killer knows is because you think she was killed and they're still being sent. But no one else in the family knew, which is also weird. She's buying you this gift of these framed flowers and you're not letting anyone else in the family know about them. They're just your little thing you hide up in an attic.
1: Maybe he didn't want to alarm anyone. Also, he doesn't speak to half of them, apparently.
0: That's true. Not anymore. Also,
2: I guess, I mean, her body was never found. So it's just like, how could you...
0: Well, and all For of sure. her all of her personal belongings were left well, that's
2: a big hand of, of towards why she would be murdered but the fact that they never recovered a body is a is a big thing too
1: it was weird that every single every single person in the family was like she's definitely dead definitely dead she died no question about it like not a single one of them was like mm, they never found a body I don't know like every single one of them was like dead Like, how how do you know that for sure?
0: Well, the detective says, like, you know, there's no way we could have searched the entire island for a body. He's like, you know, they could have buried it anywhere. He's like, but we do know she didn't escape. And they also, the fact that Gottfried was drowned one year earlier and his body turned up. I think it was just like, it's probably a thing they discussed at a lot of dinners and everyone had come to the conclusion she was dead. So they're just like, you know, you've been saying it for close to 40 years.
1: But not a single person when approached by like someone who was actively investigating it was like, yeah, like none of them expressed any kind of question. It was very matter of fact,
2: especially her. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, yeah, I. Especially Martin, right? Like he had all the reason to. He must have known. No, because at the end he was even confused about. He thought she was dead, too. I don't know. No, he thought
0: she was missing. He knew she was missing. Because he said, you found her. Because Martin has to know, I'm the only one who would have killed her. Right. And I didn't do it. Yeah, so Martin knows, but he's also playing along. He's actually, like, in the other version, like, the way he's played. And it's, like, the writing, not the acting. But it's, like, he's more of hidden as a character. Where in this one martin is front and center and it's like you're being diverted from thinking he's a suspect and even like our main character doesn't think he's a suspect just by the way he acts Uh, i think that's like a really well done thing um the last thing is we get the phone numbers and the girls names at the end of the diary and the detectives like oh i've called all these people and it is sort of like once you know what those are it's sort of coincidental that like two of the names did coincide with like those phone numbers they happened to call, but those, those aren't phone numbers at all. That was just like super coincidental that like one of them was a Magda and the other was a Rebecca. Yeah. I thought, I thought that too. Um, so right. I
2: guess, I guess that would have to play out for the reveal at the end. And then it was his daughter. I like how it was set up that he's just not a religious guy at all, but then his daughter is. So, Although I am confused how, what is that, five numbers point to Leviticus? I don't, because I thought,
0: I don't know how the Bible works. The three is the third book of the Bible, Leviticus. They all start with three. And then the next four numbers are the first two are chapter and the second and two the, And then are verses. Okay, fine. So I was just confused on the three pointing to Leviticus.
2: I, I, I was surprised that his, isn't it a little bit?
0: Far-fetched that his daughter would just look at that and be like, ah, Leviticus. Well, except she's in her Bible because of how messed up her life is, right? She's, you know, her friends say she goes from like being in her Bible to, you know, flirting with boys to having secrets to da 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 So she's just like, and when Anita, in quotation marks, is explaining what Harriet was like and she describes it, which is really funny watching it again, knowing that she's actually Harriet. And talks about herself, she's like, Yeah, she's she was always in her Bible, the only Christian in that family. Can you believe it? And so you're like, obviously, she's turned away from that faith now. Um They they also do say that Gottfried was I think Gottfried was religious in in the way that like people at Westboro Baptist Church are religious. You know what I mean? Like that they quote the Bible, but he's also using it to like kill Jewish women. He's also Um, a Nazi, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about them, but so. Let's get to Lisbeth again. We meet her new guardian. Um, it's creepy as fuck from the beginning. And he's like, you know, the good times are over. Um, I can't trust you. And, you know, it's funny is we don't... I think the way that her backstory is is displayed is a lot more subtle than the other movie. He's like, oh, you, you know, you did this and this and this. You just recently cracked a bottle over some guy's head. You know, so I'm going to take over your finances again. And I do her scream in the elevator after she leaves, I think is very like, it's like bone chilling. Like how you can, you can hear like the craziness of it. And like the, just the anger, like the guttural anger. It It's kind of funny
2: to see her in like that situation because she's such a col- like calm, critical thinker and everything she does, like when she's hacking the computers and when she's trying to infiltrate the buildings and stuff like that. But then she has these moments where she's completely unhinged. Like her emotions get the best of her, but it's, it's still, it, I kind of compare her to like Sherlock Holmes where she's like as smart as that. Right. She's a crime solver person, but she's also very emotional, but it, It doesn't get in the way of her doing her damn job. What would you think about the character, Taylor?
1: About the character?
2: Elizabeth.
1: In general? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many things. So, I think a big part of it that you were saying earlier was that she's just constantly undermined and... um, people under underestimate her. And I think that's part of the reason she's so good at her job. There was part of the movie that I was like, she stands out so much. Like she has a weird haircut. She's got no eyebrows. She's got piercings. Like how do people not see her with a camera like taking their video and like doing all this sleuthing work? And how does she get away with that without people? She sticks out. Like how do people not see her and be like weird? Um, and it's because... That very reason that people are constantly underestimating her and it allows her to get these pieces of information that she wouldn't have been able to get if people thought that she was this, you know, fantastic investigator.
0: Well, she doesn't look like a PI. She looks like a punk. So, yeah, we're going to these scenes go back and forth a little bit. So I, I guess we'll just do them a little bit in order. But um, the dinner at Martin's is, I think, like kind of a, a crazy scene to like think about and watch after knowing how it ends you know he even talks about at the end of the movie he's like while we were eating that moose the other night at dinner i had arena down here he's like so they're all having this dinner as he has like another girl that he's killing in a cage downstairs and just like kind of like chilling um but that scene he's you know he talks about um you know he has this woman who like won't leave her husband but they like have an affair and you know, he's just, he also talks about too. He's like, he thinks I'm so conventional. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just, I just right. keep going back to the end because that scene is so good. Skarsgård is so good in that scene. Um, But they are, Martin, also to throw Daniel Craig off his tracks is like, you have to investigate Harriet. It's got to be such a big part of the book because it it changed everything. And I think that's for two reasons, to throw him off his track, but also because he's hoping this guy can find Harriet because it's like the one that got away. It's funny every time he goes around and he's like
2: trying to interview these family members for this book and they're all already suspicious of him. They're like, you're, you're just here to look at the Harriet thing. Right. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm doing this thing. I'm just doing the book. And then, and then they're each one of them is like, well, shit, dude, you really should be looking to the Harriet thing because that was a huge part of this family's deal. And he's like, well, you know, uh, now that you mention it, why, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Like, it's kind of the perfect plan in in such a way that everyone of the family still wants to talk about it.
0: So he he has this perfect story. It's like the perfect alibi. So one thing that changed from the other movie, which I think is, is a little bit interesting. So one, Mikhail Bloomquist apparently used to his father worked for Vanger, And so he used to get babysat by Harriet and Anita when he was a little kid.
2: That's weird. I so like he ha- that. He has no connection to this family though.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Right. In the other movie, it adds this, like, I guess it adds a, a, a want from him to solve this and a reason he would take the case. Um, but the other thing is Cecilia hits on him in the other version of this, and she's the one at at dinner with Martin. Um, but in this movie, Cecilia is just like a bitch to him, and is like, no one wants you here, (laughs) and like, no one trusts you, and uh, you know, you're a libelist. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, so it's just it's just funny that change.
2: So the. The reason that he's doing this in this film is because Christopher Plummer says that he has all this info um that's basically like this this get out of lost smoking car. Yeah,
0: it's a smoking gun against Venestrom.
2: And that's why he takes the case. So you're saying that they don't have that in the original. It's just his connection to the to the two girls?
0: Right. Well and the other change too is um The daughter is, like, in the other movie, but, like, she doesn't speak. And in this one, you know, they establish her as a Christian, and she, like, figures out the Bible verses for him. In the other one, you have Elizabeth is, like, kind of tracking him this whole time because she's interested in him, which I think this one has that, too, because you have to explain, like, one of the reasons she would have sex with him so quickly after meeting him in person. And it's, like, this attraction she's built up over investigating him and following him. She's, like, he's a really good person who's been wronged. And she's like, I'm a good person that's been wronged. Even though she like almost burned her father to death. And you don't know why in this movie, you find out later it was for a good cause. Um, But in the, in the foreign version, uh, Elizabeth is tracking his computer, sees the numbers, figures out their Bible verses, and then sends him an email saying, Hey, you should look into this. And then Mikhail's like, what the fuck is that? And then he like finds Elizabeth. And then, you know, they, they go on a quest together to figure out the Bible verses, which in okay. this one, like she does it on her own. You know, she does all the work, which I think is an interesting way to do it. And it's also, once again, it's just establishing like her as this badass and kind of putting her at the forefront. Um, which I like. Um, and next we'll get into the part that's like probably the darkest of this movie. Um, let me just go through it kind of quickly. But so she gets attacked on a train, beats the shit out of this dude, but her laptop gets broken and she needs money so she goes to her new guardian who forces her to give him a bj and the only thing i'll say about this and i think it's the purpose of this is to make it uncomfortable but it's like the way it's filmed like from above and and showing his enjoyment of it and like it's it is to make you feel so fucking uncomfortable
2: it does a really good job of that uh I think too, like it, up till now, we've seen Elizabeth in like a situation or situations where, where we as the audience are figuring out her character, but she's always been kind of one step ahead of everyone. Like she's already this, like I think in the, in the scenes that establishing that is like, she's this PI that's gathered all this information on Mikhail but she's and being questioned about, is this like the, all the information that you include? And she kind of shuts that dude down. Like, yeah, unless you want to know how much he eats someone out, but shut the fuck up. Right. So she's always had this handle on it. So this is like the time where it's like, she, she doesn't have control of this situation.
0: This right. Situation well, is beyond her. And, and, sh- you know, she's like, this happens and she's like, okay, well, he's going to make me do this again. So she gets a camera. Um, one thing about the other the other version, the the new guardian is very black and white. He's like a very evil dude. And after he forces the BJ, he gives her like she's like, I need twenty thousand for a new computer, and he gives her seven thousand. He's like, I know how much computers cost. And in this one, he like just gives her the check almost sheepishly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we get right. to I I, I go not not to be confused
2: with shameful because he's definitely not shameful about everything he's doing, but it's almost like a uh, almost like a performance anxiety thing from him.
0: I I do think it's tr- I don't know I think he is like I don't think it's trying to show him like positively, but it does almost seem like he's like shows regret at certain points, and it's like I don't. I don't think the movie's trying to make you feel bad for him.
1: I I took it a completely opposite way. So I I felt like if he had been just straight-up evil... So when when we think of that kind of person in society, we think of someone who's straight-up evil. But in the real world, that's not how people are. They're, you know, multifaceted. And to have this man do these horrible things to her, and then just being like, okay, here's your check. And like kind of acting like everything was fine almost made it more disturbing. Like he didn't see that what he was doing, she did not want to happen. Like what he was doing was disgusting. But the way that he was acting afterwards and even during those scenes, it was like, it was like he... Didn't see anything wrong with what he was doing. It's like he,
2: like he had no regret,
1: like, right? It's yeah. not like oh, I'm bad. I'm doing this to you. I hope it hurts and bleh. like that's how we picture people like that. But that's not always how it is. And to have this dude be like, mm, hope you like this, and then like act like everything's fine after he's done something so heinous. Yeah, yeah. I felt I felt more disturbed by it.
0: Yeah. I can definitely see it that way. I mean cuz he at, after the the really horrible scene that we're about to talk about, he's like, "Oh, can I drive you home? Are you sure?" And then later on when she comes back, he's like, "You know, I feel bad about how thing about the way we left things." And you're like, "Well, was that about to turn into another horrible scene, is it just part of his act, right? You know what I mean?" But I I agree with you. I part of the part of the point of this is when you're showing this character, just showing a straight evil person isn't real. You know what I mean? It Like when you have like Harold, who's a, a Nazi, right? You know, they he's like kind of making jokes and he's just like this like old dude with like a weird voice, right? Like he's an evil person, but he's also just has this character about him that might make you laugh. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, these are repeat real people and it's almost more disturbing that way. It it's not like trying to lighten what these people are, or make you feel sympathy for them. It's like, th- these are hu- all of these evil people are humans and that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
2: almost like because he can go back to just acting like everything is fine and normal is like, well then how many people in your life is, you know, secretly like this, but then they act all fine and normal in like everyday society. So yeah, it, when you think of it that way, it's way worse. Um, but then we get to the scene. What's well, yeah, interesting it, that the scene is where it's placed in the movie. It's right before our two main characters meet up. What What would you say the purpose of this scene is? Is to like show. I guess what I'm saying is, could this scene be cut out, and then we have the same movie, or or what do you feel like this scene adds to the to
0: the film? Well, it sets up the revenge. Um, I mean, I think part of it's to be shocking. Um, you know, it's obviously in the book. I think it's a little bit. It is like you said; she's always kind of prepared, and she even says later on in the in the revenge scene that. I thought you were just going to make me give you another BJ. I didn't realize how fucking sick you were. Um, But I think in this version, what it sets up a little bit is the bounce back from her and how kind of scarred she is, how kind of crazy she is because when she is getting revenge on him, she's making jokes the whole time. She's like, she like goes into his pants to grab something and she's like, Oh, Gabardine which is like what he fucking says when he makes her give him the blowjob. But first she's like, Oh, feel these pants. They're gabardine or whatever. You know what I mean? And she's like making a joke as he, she's just like kicked a dildo up his ass. So I think right. the, the way she acts afterwards and the revenge, I think that is, it's almost needed to be set up this way. Um, when I, when I, Rewatched the foreign version, I was like, I kind of remember that one being worse, but this one, this one is done worse. First of all, like the shot as you're pulling away from the door, it's hard to talk about something is really well done, but like she tries to run away and she reaches for the door and slams it. And then the camera is pulling back as it's looking at the end of the side of the door and you just hear the struggle in there, right? Yeah, like, I think that's a really well done shot. You then see this guy. And one thing I noticed this time is he's like breathing very heavily. And once again, it's showing this, like, he's not this evil robot. He's this human being. And this might be like the first time he's raped somebody, right? Like yeah, he's like this, like out of shape. dude. No, But I think the heavy breathing is like, it's not like, cause he's fucking struggling. Cause he's, it's like, he's like, Oh, am I doing this? Oh my God. Okay. Like I'm doing this. And then when he's like, oh, you think it's nerves. You think it's nerves. I th- I thought it was you, a little did bit. You
1: take it that way. I took it as like an excitement thing. Like he was yeah, really that could,
0: excited. That could be it too. That, that could be it too. Yeah. Um. And and just the the line of like, you know, how do you feel about about anal sex? Is like I think really like nails how. Like in the other version, that's not said, and you just see her walking funny afterwards. And then this version, they have that too, but it's like wants to drive home how depraved this guy is. Now, one thing I'll say about, I read this about the real actor that like, well, I read two things about the scene that I wanted to talk about is one, the the next day when they're filming the shower scene, they're getting her ready for it and hair and makeup comes in. They're like, oh, someone already did your bruising. But apparently filming the scene was so rough that she had bruising from doing it. Uh, And the second thing is the guy who plays her guardian apparently was so like disturbed by filming the scene that like the next day he just said he was like in his room crying the whole day because of how like fucked up it was. um, And so it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't get any easier when you watch that part of the film. It's honestly probably something you can just like skip if you want to rewatch the rest of it. Um, That's maybe what I would suggest.
1: I'll say that I did not watch that scene at all. I saw where it was going and I closed my eyes and I did not watch any of that scene.
2: But, you know, though, I will say, being someone who's watched this in theaters twice, is that because of how bad that scene is, it is so good to watch the revenge scene as like, especially like the, the tattoo part, I think is something like that doesn't go away from you. And, and one thing that I really liked about establishing who this rapist character is, is that he has a picture of his family on his desk. He has a, he has a wife and a kid and kids. And, the fact that th- he has to now hide his body from his family and they're not supposed to like pick up that that's suspicious at all or anything. It, I don't think,
0: I don't think he has a wife and kids.
2: Yeah. On his desk. He has a, he has a photograph of a woman and two children, which establishes that he has ch- he has a family.
0: I mean, she's like, don't, you don't, you're not allowed to bring any women back here. I don't, they never mention like, Oh, you know, your wife. I
1: don't
0: like. that. So I don't know. I, I mean, it, either sure, way it I doesn't make it up. Either way, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the, that that scene maybe so it's harsh.
2: his sister. Maybe it's his sister and his two nephews or something. Could be that. I don't know. But is it? It there's a picture with a family that kind of establishes that he has some sort of family. But now he has that I'm a rapist pig tattooed all over his body. It's like no summer pool days for him
0: yes yeah, his, his his family's like "Hey, you want to go he's like no i'm actually gonna take a pass on that one yeah so she uh, we can talk about the revenge scene there's a couple of things before that too but i i still like i know you're like oh it's a revenge scene we're happy it happens it's still hard to watch like one so in the in the other version she pulls his dildo out of a drawer and uses his own dildo on him and in this one, she pulls this huge fucking metal monstrosity and just shoves it up there. And then when she's getting attention later and kicks it twice, and the second kick, you hear stuff like ripping, like the the sound it makes is awful. Um, so yeah. it's, it's hard to watch, but... Even with that, she, she like, I told about the one line where she's like, Ooh, like, you know, gabardine. And then she says, once you can sit again, which could be a while, I admit, you know, I'm going to have you, you know, I need to write this report, you know, just like the funny line of like, yeah, I I just destroyed your insides. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's the, you know, you talked about how there's not a lot of levity, but like her bringing it in this. And then the other thing too, she's like, you know, I want you to write your report and say how sociable on being and she does like the air quotes and like finger quotes like right and then she gets in his face and she's like you know you've read the reports that Sam crazy and he shakes his head no and she's like no no you can agree because i am crazy and the way the camera shows her face with like the eye black makeup like she looks crazy it's like it's like really well done yeah
2: and i think that also drives a better like um reasoning later on why she can get money easily from him now. Like, um, especially when she's like, I didn't like your report. Like, (laughs) and this goes back to what you were saying, Taylor, about how well she can just come off of. So unimposing is that she just puts on a hood and it's like, you know, he's two feet away from her and he has no idea that it's her. But then when she stops the elevator and she reveals himself to, uh, to him, He's terrified. He's now become the prey. He's become the victim. He's like completely terrified of her. And so then when she's like, I didn't like your report. I need you to do a better one next time. He's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever you want. You know, quit looking at tattoo removal sites. But so now because all these scenes are switching back and forth between what she's doing and Daniel Craig, Uh, Daniel Kirk's just kind of getting deeper and deeper into the investigation. I love all the boxes being sent to his little shack on the island.
0: Well, it's so cold. He starts burning his own books. Yeah. And then there's a cat.
2: A great scene is when Robin visits him and she's
0: like, is it warmer inside? And he's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. And she comes up and they actually offer to buy half of the newspaper or a controlling interest which we find out and i love the the line from henrik when they're being interviewed and he's like i don't like bullies and i don't like someone who sues someone into submission so if Winterstrom wants to try it again you know he's gonna find someone with a lot of fucking money who's like not gonna back down so easily
2: but it's mostly martin's idea to do it and 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 i think daniel craig is really smart he's like i don't like i don't like that because he's like one of these dudes definitely murdered harriet And it
0: could be Martin. I just don't want to be in the pocket of these guys. I think think it's, I think it's Henrik's idea because Henrik is like, Henrik is the good guy. And Martin even says, he's like, Oh, we're not doing it to make money. I think Martin's going along to just not seem like the bad guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but he's, he's going along with it. Like, but not to not just seem like the bad guy, but it's like, okay, so you do find out like worst case scenario. You do find out that I've, I'm a murderer or whatever. Well, then we have controlling interest in the company you work for. Like, you know, it's kind of a setting up for a, maybe a blackmail thing. That's the way I saw it.
0: Yeah. The other thing that's going along at this time is he's finding the parade photos. And I got to say, like I know that you know Taylor is someone who takes a lot of photos. I just I just found it like somewhat lucky that he's able to find these photos at the newspaper that basically turn into a little mini video of her like turning and looking and seeing the shock on her face and then running away. And to be framed in the same shot as a clock is really helpful too.
1: It's like in the crime shows where they're like oh, can you zoom in on that and enhance, enhance, enhance? It's like, that's not how pixels work, but in case... Can
2: you you bring up the the, uh, resolution on this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and especially, like, they would have been using film cameras and, like, not just, like, you know, you spin to the next slide film cameras, but, like, you have to, like... Put in each frame, most likely, or very slowly reel it like it would not be like boom, 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 boom of her, you know, like well, it wasn't
0: that
2: long. It was the 60s, wasn't it, David? That 1966. Yeah, it was the 60s. It wasn't the 30s.
1: No, but it was still like you're looking at a very slow roll of film. It's not like, you know, film now where you can just zip, zip, you know. The,
2: the other thing, too, is that it seemed like everyone at that parade had a camera. And it's not like it was today, where it was, you know, they're less likely to. But So who, who was taking those photos off the balcony? Was it someone they knew? Oh, no, it was that woman on their honeymoon, right? Oh, no, no, the per- woman on their honeymoon was taking the photos of the opposite, the way she was looking.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you could figure that out. So, yeah, the newspaper person was taking the photos of Harriet. You know, not not intentionally, right? But taking the photos that way. And then one of the frames of the photos, you see a flash from the other woman. And I think Lisbeth is the one who's like, oh, her photos would help like later on. Um, The other thing at this time, the daughter stops by and she's like, go easy on the Catholics. And uh, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the Bible verses. And then he like immediately like figures it out. And he calls the other detective about Rebecca. One of the... I. I feel like I'm a person who's like, yeah, but the book was better. But one of the things about the foreign movie is they made like figuring out the the women, other women killed, like such more of a mystery. So like the one who's Re- Rebecca Jacobson, like uh, in the in the thing, it's actually B J. And so they have trouble finding that one. But then it's because they're like, oh, it's actually Rebecca Jacobson but she went by Becca. That's Becca. why it's BJ. Mm, like and so it. that so that part made like the movie focus so much more on that mystery aspect of it and I was like, "Oh, I kind of like that." But then when you think about it, the fact that it's a serial killer, if they never figured that part out, they probably still would have figured out that Martin was the killer because of the photo.
2: But those killings were by Godfrey. They weren't by Martin. The last
0: one was Martin because Gottfried was like already dead.
2: I don't right, know, but that's what I'm saying, though. Remember, because, OK, so Harriet, obviously, how, how was it ever explained how Harriet even got on the track of this guy, of her own uncle?
0: Gottfried. Um, her father. Yeah, her father. Gottfried said at one point, Gottfried was um, was like almost killing her and was like bragging about this. But I think that's like the night she killed him. But I think Godfrey probably mentioned it when he was drunk is what we're supposed to believe. So she knew it was her dad. She was just putting the evidence together. Yeah. And then maybe she was starting to figure out it was Martin. I guess that part's probably explained in the book, but not explained well here why she was looking into that, but she definitely was, you know, maybe she was looking into it after her father did it. And she's like, Oh, well one of these murders, you know, that, This murder is still happening. You know, this one happened after, so it had to be Martin. So but that wasn't one of the Bible verses, right? No,
2: it was. I think like the last one. Okay, so then I misunderstood something. Because Martin says at the end, he says that I didn't just let I didn't just lie them all around like my father did. I'm not that sloppy.
0: But all the Bible ones were laid out yeah so he for did, everyone yeah the first one he did he just left it out yeah but that's is why it, i'm
2: thinking that okay well i okay i thought that godfrey did all the bible ones and then he did the ones after those that the bodies were never recovered
0: well no at the very end uh she like when lisbeth is at the like at the factory at the record center she's like Godfrey, 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 and then she's looking at Godfrey's death date and looking at this last murder and she's like well he couldn't have done it so she like writes a bunch of question marks and then she goes to get coffee and then she comes back and she's like hello Martin and then she like takes off. Oh shit
2: yeah you're right so she figures that out and then so how so we don't know how many girls Martin has killed after the his
0: first one the last bible verse one Probably a fucking lot. It seems like it was a thing he liked to do.
1: Yeah. He had a whole secret set up.
0: He had a whole. Someone doesn't
1: just do that for one or two people. How do you even
0: get, how do you get that built? Especially with like the fire, like the, the the gas that comes in to knock people out.
1: Imagine being a contractor and walking into this guy's house. And he's like, Oh yeah, just, you know, I want this, uh, (laughs) look right here. Not for any particular reason.
0: Do you think any gas could come out of this or does it have to be like, what kind of gases could we use? Uh,
2: It's just kind of like the joke was like, how does Bruce Wayne get the Batcave built? Right.
0: Well, it also reminds me, did you guys watch Sherlock? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the one season where the guy like builds that hospital and he's like, oh, I had to hire different contractors to build each section. So they couldn't figure out how it went together. So I can like, basically so he could kill people. So it's like, he's like, uh, Martin's like, yeah, I just like, I had one guy put this in and one guy put this in. And, you know, I car I did a little carpentry work too. You know, I figured it out. I, for something like that, you would just have to do the whole thing
2: yourself, I think. Like, he was just really good with his hands. Oh, you know what?
0: No. Yeah. He he butchers animals. So he so? just, so that was like a metal area down there to, so he could have them build almost all of it, you know, to to cut up his animals that he kills. For okay so the, so the gas thing
2: is maybe a, a self-installation
0: i don't know about that part man how do you that's maybe well what if
2: i bring an animal down here that i shot in the head and it just it springs alive and i need to pull a gas chamber
0: <laughs> maybe. um
2: so but i i mentioned that because then okay you're right elizabeth finds out that the last one so Was there, did we ever figure out who the woman he had in the cage while they were eating, or was that just another victim? Like, just
0: just another, you're just supposed to be freaked out that he just had someone down there at the time. Yeah, you you don't need to really know who it was. Um, so getting back to it, Henrik collapses. Um, and then uh, Mikhail is like, Oh, tells Frodo that he has something, and he's like, But I need a research assistant. And he's like, Oh, well, we'll get the lady who did the background check on you. And this is when we finally get the gang together. And um, he goes to Elizabeth. And I got to say, there's a couple lines of dialogue that when you, when I first heard it, you think are kind of cool. But then after you hear it more and more, you're like, it's a little clunky. So Elizabeth is like, who the hell are you? And she's like, he's like, I'm the guy you know better than my closest friends do. And I was like, that's just a weird, like a weirdly formed sentence. But then the other line is, he's like, I want you to help me catch a killer of women. And I was like, I don't think there's a better way to say that. But it is like, it's weirdly phrased for a guy who's a writer.
2: Well, it's also her, her and that entices her, right? Like she was just abused by a dude. So and she had no interest in working with him. So when he's like, dangling this thing in front of her that's like this is a not only is this like a juicy mystery but this is like to catch an abuser i mean it's like
1: but he had no way of knowing that
2: no he he had no way of knowing that but maybe since he thought he she would just be empathetic to the fact that she's a woman too you know but like the reason she took it i I felt like was that was the that was the straw that brought it all together. She was like, okay, yeah, I have to do this.
0: The straw that brought it all together. I sit by my metaphors. It's not a metaphor. It's, I think it's a turn of phrase. So uh, he... I sit by g- those two. He gives her the Bible verses, and she basically... We get a montage of her going to all these places. Um, the one cool one is where she's standing at like one of the murder sites, and then the Vanger train goes behind her like the the train you know how earlier henrik was like we built the train tracks that you know put this country together so i thought that was like a pretty cool one that the one the one police captain's like have you eaten when's the last time you've eaten she's like i have a high metabolism i can't keep weight on he's like i'm only saying that because you need to be on an empty stomach to see what you're about to see um while this is happening he goes uh michael goes back and he like screams for the cat and uh, and then the cat's inside and there's this quick line of like, oh, how'd you get in here? And it's because Martin keeps snooping around. and Someone keeps snooping around, and presumably Martin at that point.
2: Oh, I thought Lisbeth let it
0: in. Yeah. Now Lisbeth hadn't gotten there yet. Um, and then the other thing is he like puts something on the fridge and a bottle falls off and he catches it. And that's just like a cool shot that they like, that, you know, an I'm sure that was an accident. Captain.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I was like, that had to be an accident.
1: No, it was because um, Martin was in there messing with the bottle and it was on a That's <laughs> where
0: <different. laughs> I, um, I left that. So before Elizabeth get the gets there, there is this one quick scene where he goes to the hospital and uh Harriet's mother's like, oh, we don't need a libelist to, to, you know, tell us about our family. And Martin's like you know, oh no, he needs to stay. That's what Henrik wants. And then Martin goes to Mikhail and is like, you should stay. This is what Henrik wants. Don't listen to them. And it's at one point, I think he tells him, oh, you know, you should leave. But then another point he's I, no later on after he gets shot at, he tells him you should leave. You know, this is enough. But then he allows him to go investigate more. And so it's like, he wants him to investigate, but he, he doesn't want to, you know what I mean? He's like, Trying to play both sides because he doesn't want to appear to like be telling him what to do, but like he doesn't want to be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't I knew be someone suspicious. Was sing that.
1: We were uh, um we had a scene where we were in the room and it was, I think it was just Martin and um what is the other one? Other guys name.
0: Fru, fru? frada thank program. you yeah
1: it's just them it's just them too and they're both like yeah he needs to be here yeah he need this is what he would want this is what he would want he needs to be here i was like it's one of these motherfuckers I was <laughs> well
0: daniel she craig thought, thinks she it's
1: thought, him
2: she thought frado was related to them but he's just the family lawyer right
0: uh yeah some version of that yeah some some related thing. So Elizabeth shows up. She found the five cases that Harriet found, but then she found five more and she's just going through them like in detail, showing these fucked up pictures <laughs> and Daniel Craig's like, okay, that's enough. And she's like, I'm not finished. <laughs> like it doesn't matter to her. And he's just like, this is gross. I don't want to, I don't want to look at this anymore. Um, And then they have this quick line of like, okay, we're looking for a serial killer. What, you know, but what does that have to do with Harriet? And Elizabeth's like, she was looking for him too. And then yeah. they also figure out the Jewish connection. Um, And uh, Elizabeth is like, yeah, but, but Harriet isn't Jewish. And that's like, your kind of your clue. That's like, well, Harriet was being killed for a different reason, you know, because she found out.
2: And that's what ties her to the family and the photographs.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's this part right after this where the next morning she's like looking at his computer and she's like looking through all his personal photos, including like the photos of him with other women, like with the other women. Um, And then she quickly switches to his notes and uh, he's like, what are you doing? she's like, I'm just looking through your notes. He's like, those are encrypted. She (laughs) she just looks up. She's like, please.
2: Yeah. Um, She starts looking because we, we've kind of jumped around here because we've already talked about her going through and looking at the cases at the library uh, and then having to deal with that, like, bitchy librarian that's like, I got to go, so you got to go too. And then she's like, no, I can stay. You can go,
0: but, like, you just call... Uh, who was it? Was it Martin
2: that she had to continuously call?
0: No, she's, she's like, call Frodo if you don't believe me. You know, I'm allowed to get whatever I want.
2: But... Okay, but there was a plot point where Martin was like, Lisbeth has to tell security or leave the keys with security and security would tell him when she's left, right?
0: Yeah, I like how you're like, oh, we've jumped around and then you're talking about the last scene. (laughs) It's not the last scene. But what I'm saying, though, is that
2: they find out that it's Martin kind of at the same time. And then as daniel craig goes to investigate his house she is
0: starting to come back to the check. yeah yeah there's a bunch of stuff i want to talk about before that though you completely skipped over swastika cat
2: yeah i was doing that mostly for taylor's benefit
1: i have a running joke and it's partially sarcastic but not really that every time
0: (laughs) specifically
1: when david picks a movie every time you pick a movie there's a dead animal and it's usually in the first like seven minutes of the movie there's a dead animal and so i and i yell at alan every time like you need to warn me when there's a dead animal but he can't sometimes because you chose the movie and he's never seen it so, this time he was like, I'm going to warn you right now. There's I, a dead I, animal in this movie. I'm going to tell you exactly when it happens so you can close your eyes.
2: So, there's a website called Does the Dog Die? And you can basically look up any movie and it'll tell you exactly every single death of every single animal in that movie. And I know, big, big. So, I had a, I was looking.
1: How long have you known about this?
2: I just found out about it because I was looking up girl with dragon tattoo so i could tell you the exact minute marker on when we would see the swastika cat and so that's how i found that and that's why i was able to tell you okay babe close your
0: eyes now So this is the first time i realized the cat was in a swastika i thought it was just being like you know cut up in that way just to anyway um it's obviously martin doing that to throw suspicion off of him and onto harold i would assume Cause he's like, that's the believable one is that it was him. Um, so we then find the woman who was on her honeymoon and we get that photo of the reverse, but unfortunately there's a balloon in front of Martin's face. So we can only see half of it and um, you know, his little patch in the other version, you can see the full person, but it's just so pixelated. Cause the picture's from 1966. So that's like more believable than this perfect photo, but Oh, there was a balloon in the way. Um, and then at the same time, uh, you know, uh, Lisbeth goes back to get surveillance equipment and to go back and confront, um, her former guardian again, but she gets the equipment to make sure that, you know, no one can sneak in again after they killed the cat. But this is when Bloomquist gets shot at. He's like investigating the boathouse and then, He gets hit with a bullet, like grazed on his head and he has to run away. And then this leads to the sex scene. Solid sex scene.
1: Don't say it like that.
0: (laughs) I like how Um, he's like, he's like, this is a bad idea. She's like, why? Quit talking.
2: I think. Like I said before, it's it's all this groundwork has already been done between the relationship. And I think David is the one who said that um, she knows everything about him. So it's just an easier way to just trust someone when you know everything about them. And so, yeah,
1: I don't think that's true at all. I feel like if you don't know a person firsthand, all you know is all this research of them and you know everything about their life. It's easy to like find the bad things about that person you know what i mean and focus on that because you don't know them personally but she didn't find any bad things yes that's what i'm saying is the fact that she liked him and wanted to be with him especially after being wronged and we saw how wrong she was in the movie for her to trust him he must have really been a nice guy because she went through his entire life
0: yeah i i my favorite part of that scene besides the sex scene, obviously, which they like really went for it, but is him just sitting on the bed, talking to himself about how crazy this is. And he was almost killed. And she's just like closing all the doors, looking out the windows, locking everything up, taking her pants off, getting the cameras ready, like doing all of this work to have sex. And then she just walks in and he's like, not even paying attention. And she just pulls her pants off. And he's just like, Oh, (laughs) like, like all this prep work she was doing. He's just like, Oh, okay. Um, One line that, uh, when she confronts her former guardian again, that we didn't talk about is she's like, Your last report was perfunctory, your heart wasn't in it. (laughs) Yeah, I expect to see like a better report next time.
2: Maybe now that I'm thinking about it, is that maybe when when Mikhail is going, Oh, this is a bad idea, maybe he was like, Oh, this is a bad idea because someone just left a dead cat in, in my doorway, and like we're chasing a murderer. And so it's not like bad idea that we have sex, but it's a bad idea to have sex now. And the fact that she did put in all the prep work, she's
0: like, nah, I took care of it, chief. Like, He well, said it's because he's older and they work together.
1: Yeah, he literally said why.
0: Moving on. Yeah, Maybe if you just, you know, paid attention a little more. Whatever. Um, so they go to Froda and Martin and are like, "We need to look at the corporate records." And Froda doesn't want them to, and Martin's like, "Just let him do it." You know, Henrik would have wanted them to, and um, then at this point, Lisbeth, like, she's not like the super smart, like, brainy. Like she she asks him, like, she asks him, like. Oh, what am I looking for? And he's like having to tell her what she's looking for. You know what I mean? Like every other time she's been like a step ahead of him as like knowing what they need. And at this point, she's like, I have no idea why you're sending me to look at these corporate records. And he's like, you know, look for any connection to the sites and the women. And he's like, and specifically everything about Froda because at this point he thinks that's the bad guy and not Martin.
2: Right. I mean, that's what we're supposed to think, too. Um, but also he knows this case better than her it's not so far fetched that she would ask him what should she be doing? Right.
1: He's the one who's
2: been doing the research. And the fact that all these women line up to the, to the locations where where they have their offices, you know, that's
0: Martin is the one who runs the offices. Yeah. So we next get Daniel Craig goes to Harold because he's like, oh, he he sees a picture of him with a camera. So he's like, oh, he was taking pictures. And he finds this one picture of a blurry boy wearing a blazer with Thing. And he's like, who's that? And Harold's like, oh, that's Gottfried's boy, Martin. What a useless fucking... <laughs> Not realizing that Martin has killed so many Jew more Jews than Harold has. And he's the Nazi. Um, But this is like, at this point... Bloomquist has to know Martin's the bad guy, right? He sees this picture of him wearing the blazer, but then he goes back and he confirms it. He's like, Oh yeah, that blazer has the patch on it. And so does the pick the guy in the picture. And then he pulls the last murder and it's, um, I forget which name that was Lena Anderson, maybe. And she has the same emblem on her dress, which is, I think why he killed her because he knew her. Okay, so that's a connection
2: that I get. But just seeing Martin in that the Blurry Boy photograph, why out of all the people in that photograph is he pointing him out? Like, why
0: him? He's wearing the same blazer as the kid that Harriet looked at across the street and was scared of. That's the connection. And also... So at this looks... point, He
2: wasn't trying to connect it. Well, hold on. At this point, he wasn't trying to
0: connect it to the murders. He was just trying to connect it to the to Harriet's disappearance. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of this is figuring out what happened to Harriet. The, the murders are just tied to that because she was investigating it. And there's, you know, a serial killer. So they assume the serial killer killed Harriet and these girls, which is why at one point she's like, well, Harriet's not Jewish. You know, why is she connected to this?
2: Okay, so then they find that the one of the victims has basically went to the same school as Martin, right? So at,
0: the, at that point, you know Martin did it because Martin also was. He said he didn't arrive until four thirty, which means he couldn't have done anything wrong. But then he sees that Martin's wearing that blazer, and then the guy in the picture is wearing the blazer, and he's standing under a clock that shows it's before four thirty, and he said he came on the four thirty train. Right, the per the perfect clock photo. <laughs> Right. Um, and so then at this point, Lisbeth is t- still trying to solve it. And on her end, and she like is left the keys and then she goes to get coffee and then she comes back. But while she's doing this, he, Michael Mikael goes to Martin's house and is like snooping around. And there's like the way the music is playing and it's like the anxiety it's creating of him getting caught. And then Martin drives up. Like from this point until Martin dies is like my favorite part of the movie.
2: No, mine too. But you forget to mention that there is someone lurking in the shadows of the library
0: as Lisbeth is researching all this. Well, sort of. So the security guard is going to warn Martin when she leaves because he's been asked to. I don't think there's anything nefarious about it. I think he's just like my boss told me to tell me when this chick leaves.
2: But there's one scene where she's, like, walking down the stack of the the aisles of the books, and you see a shadowy figure, like, zoop through.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't... I didn't pay attention to that. It's been a while since I saw
2: the movie, and I thought, oh, did did Martin, like... I thought maybe we had, like, a time difference on what we were seeing to what happened. So I thought, like, maybe... um, us seeing Martin pull up into his driveway while Daniel Craig was snooping in his house was like after the fact that he's already confronted Elizabeth in the library. But I think what we were supposed to think is that that was just the, the night guard checking that she was still there.
0: Yeah. And I think at one point you see him sort of walk away. So when she, you know, Martin's like that guard's going to tell me when she leaves. So then I'll just meet her at the shack and I'll, you know, I'll grab her. Um, but she just so happens to leave when the guard is on his, like, pee break or something. So Martin never right. gets the call. Pretty um, great, actually. So he falls in the bushes and Martin sees him out there. And he's like,
1: yeah, hey, well, why hello. You, uh,
0: why don't you come in? I want to ask you a question. And I love this version better than the other version because of the line later on when he's like, why did you come back in the house? He's like, why is the fear of offending so much greater than the you know the fear of danger? Like, you knew. I was the bad guy and yet you came in here. And I like the way Martin is pouring the drinks and then just subtly looks it over and sees the knife missing. And even before that, you know, he talks all this time about like, Oh, I love to give my victims hope. So when he's like, why are you out in the woods without a flashlight? He flows, throws him a flashlight and then 15 seconds later pulls out the gun. Yeah. Like there's no need to give him the flashlight except to create this hope that, Oh, I might get out of this.
1: I think another element of that scene that I really like is that he already knew he already knew it was Martin. He already had plenty of evidence to prove it was Martin. There was no reason for him to go to Martin's house for extra evidence. Like he didn't need that. But because of what happened to him earlier in the movie, he felt the need to go back over and get even more evidence. And I think that was a nice not Which he didn't even find
2: there no. was there was nothing for him to
1: well until to, he was in the basement
2: right well no, that wasn't exactly his plan uh, another thing though is that that switch of conversation yeah he throws him the flashlight but basically martin is just talking to him normal and then all of a sudden it's just like boom like just the charade curtain falls so fast that he's like pretty sure he's in mid sentence and he's like yeah, well, you know, you're just walking through. the So I really like my knife back. And then he pulls out the gun. It's just like this, this thing that just happens so abruptly that he can just turn it on and off in front of people so
0: easily. It's creepy as hell. I love when he's like, you know, you know, it's uh, harder than making a shot is missing a shot. He's like, it was a good shot. And uh, Daniel Craig says, it didn't work. I'm here. And he goes, Mikhail, it did work. You're here. Yeah. It's great. It's probably like my second favorite line in the entire movie. And then. so great. He takes him in there, gasses him, chains him all up. And he, you know, the whole thing about like, why don't you just go home? You know? And what do you know? What does Elizabeth know? And he keeps lying to him. He's like, you're lying. I know she's, you know, there's a guard that's going to warn me when she leaves. And then he's just like toys with him. He's like, you know, you're a journalist. Ask me what did I do with the girls? He just wants to tell him he wants like, you know, we, we talk, we've, you know, when you listen about serial killers and like, they love to talk about themselves. It's why they get caught. You know, the, 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 you mean like the Incredibles with the villain monologue? Yeah, that is exactly what I was talking about. Correct. No, it's Uh, not more like
2: monologuing again,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but he just like, he, he's, you know, he talks about how like, detail oriented he is and how like you have to be to like not get caught and to do this for so many years. And so this opportunity to talk to this guy and explain it to him, he probably does this to all his victims and explains to all of them, like how great of a killer he is. And he's like, Oh, I'm not like my father. I take him out to sea. He's like, and I love this moment right here where they know they're going to die and the hope drains from their eyes. He's he's a real showboat, ain't
2: he? Um, And then Elizabeth comes Comes in. Oh
0: no! Oh well, we're not we're not done. Elizabeth hasn't gotten here yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's because really this scene, he really likes this scene.
0: You, we haven't even talked about Enya playing. Oh yeah, Enya. Sail away sail away, sail away, sail away, sail away. So apparently, they were trying to figure out the music for this, and Daniel Craig's like, "Oh, we should play this song." Like, what? What do you mean? What song? And he goes and gets his phone and starts playing it. And they just all start laughing like Fincher, Skarsgård and him. And they're like, fuck it. Yeah, let's let's use that song. Because it's so it takes you out of it. But it's also like because
2: it takes you out of it, knowing that this is the song that he listens to while killing his victims is also super creepy.
0: Well, and there's that one line, too. He's like the moment that that the moment that the hope drains out of him out of them, I feel myself getting hard. Just such a fucking crazy line.
2: Wouldn't you say this is Fincher's most like sexually charged movie?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to, you know, I still think like his most kind of fucked up sexually, you know, movie, like the one scene from seven where they show the outfit, the dude wore with the knife. Yeah. is still like the fucking craziest thing to me. And you don't even see that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I can agree with. You but I feel that like while part.
2: that's one one scene of seven, this whole movie has like
0: reoccurring
2: themes and scenes throughout it. That's like
0: up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, the only other couple of things I want to talk about before uh, Elizabeth shows up is, you know, he's like he he mentions Harriet, and he's like, you found Harriet? And he's like, what do you mean? You killed her. And he's like, you useless fucking detective. And then he puts the bag over his head because he's like, I don't want to hear you talk anymore. Um, And then he's like, going up to him, he pulls the thing down, he's like, "He the pause he gives, and he's like, I've never had a man down here before. And he's like, I've never even touched a man besides my father. And it kind of shows you, like, how, like, this can be handled well, that you know, as opposed to, like, the old boy scene where he's like, daddy, you have right. this where he's just like it was our duty to 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 do that for our father um and then she comes in with the golf club to the face
2: so okay so it was established that he molested both of them right
0: godfrey did yeah i think that's yeah. the in this movie that's the scene that establishes it is him saying you know it was our duty to to do that for him um my favorite line in this movie, which first of all, Skarsgard runs out and Daniel Craig's like, oh, the gun's over there. I was like, couldn't Skarsgard just like hit a button and lock that door and they're just stuck down there? And he could then gas them again. Like But I guess he's so he was so fucked up from the golf club to the face that he just like took off. But my favorite line is she bends over Daniel Craig and she says, May I kill him? Like basically <laughs> yeah. like, Will you unleash me? He he just shakes his head yes. And I just think like so much around that line of like she's it's not like she's like asking like it's it's like permission but really she's just like are you going to think less of me if I do this like do you want me to do this like I really want to do this please. And he's like, <laughs> Yes, you can do this. Yeah, and something you
2: can just see like the dial the flip, uh, switch flip in her and she's just so focused on killing this dude Um, like the spin out on her motorcycle as she's like chasing him down in the car. So great. And I thought it was real poetic how he dies off of the bridge that kind of caused all this in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A fire on that bridge. Yeah. At least it didn't block the bridge. Like traffic could keep going, you know? That's important.
2: That's important. Um, yeah. And, and then there is like 40 minutes left of this movie.
0: It is, it's, it's a weird way to do it, but I actually really like it. So one, they're like, they're, you know, they're talking, well, first of all, we get a little backstory of her about how she like tried to kill her father, which is like the second movie, the girl that played with fire, like gets all into that. Um, But then they, he's like, start talking about Harriet and I love the, um, you know, so they, they bug her and he goes to tell Anita, like, Hey, uh, Martin's dead. And so then they're like, Oh, she's going to call Harriet. And that's how we'll find Harriet. But she just like does online shopping, plays solitaire. And then, uh. The only reason she hasn't called Harriet, Elizabeth, is like, is because she's dead. And then they're, like, having sex. And she's, he's like, oh, I just had a thought. And she's like, one second, like, don't talk. And then afterwards, he's like, I know why. And then you figure out that, like, this has been Harriet the whole time. And it's, like, such a cool reveal. And it's Milan. do you know where we've met that actress that plays Harriet before? What movie we've done? Ah. Uh,
2: oh, I know she looks familiar. Was it one of Bombax?
0: Well, now maybe it was that um, Paul W. S. Anderson space movie that you made us do for uh, with um, with the guy from Jurassic Park, Event Horizon. It was Event Horizon. Yeah, she's like one of the one of the people in Event Horizon.
2: Oh, she is, isn't she? She's the she's the the like the blonde, the only blonde on the on the crew.
0: Yeah, she looks Which like herself. Event
1: Horizon was that the weirdly edited.
0: Where they go to hell. <laughs> yeah, the space ship travel. goes to hell.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That was hilarious. No Sam animals will. harmed in that one. Yeah, just a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. I I love the scene with Harriet, though, explaining everything, right? Like, I mean, obviously. What did, she's you, explaining what did a lot you think of, of that?
2: Well, yeah. What, what did you think of that reveal, Taylor?
1: I. It, I loved it. I mean, it it, did
2: you see it coming or
1: no? So I knew that Harriet was still alive, and I knew I pretty much knew fairly early on that it had to be Martin, but I did not see at all that she was Harriet. I thought that was really, really smart the way they did that, and the way that the sister, as she it was like as she was dying or something. She said, "I want you to do this," or something like like it was. She orchestrated the whole thing basically. Which I no, thought no, it was... was
2: her maiden name. She gave she then she because she renewed her passport or she had a passport and an ID, one with her maiden name and one with her married name.
0: Yeah, so she she had her husband pull take her out on the on the married passport, and then she came out on her maiden name passport, and they just you know lived in the UK together. Um,
2: That's right. That's right.
0: The scene where the scene where she's explaining that like she killed Godfrey and then she looks up and Martin's just standing there and like the flashback of it is so kind of haunting. Um, And then she should have
2: taken, she should have taken both of them out.
0: Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she should have just told Henrik, you know, Um, and then just like, yeah, the whole flashback of her getting out and explaining it all. You feel like the police should have found her. She was just like hiding in a barn, but um, whatever. Um, and then Harriet and Henrik reunite. It's like a very touching scene. It's like it's very touching, and then like Elizabeth just like walks away. Like I don't need to watch this. I can't handle this. Yeah, no, it is. Um,
2: and now there's still thirty minutes of the movie left.
0: <laughs> there's like fifteen. Basically, it's just the takedown of Wenistrom. um, Venestrom, and. She uh, Elizabeth steals like two billion dollars of his money. And like then he gets killed by like the gun runners in the Caribbean. Yeah,
1: that was so random. I felt like that whole. um Scheme could have been a whole movie on its own, and it's just eight minutes of just <laughs> her in a wig going around, just taking all this guy's money.
0: I like the small details too though of like her dumping her jewelry here and her throwing the wig off the train and like she's wearing gloves the entire time. And then at one point she takes a sip of coffee and sees her lipstick and wipes it off. She's like leaving no trace of herself. Um, I I like all of that I think is really good. And then she goes back to give him, it's funny she doesn't, she uses his $50,000 to make this happen, gives him back his money, but just like, None of the two billion she stole. Instead, she like just buys him this really nice leather jacket. I guess
2: only then- for the final fuck you of the movie for her to see that he is still with Robin Wright at the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of messed up. He just sort of like leaves her. You know what I mean? It's like pretty fucked up from him to to do that to
1: her. It didn't. I thought about this for several days after watching the movie because it bothered me so much. Because I was trying to figure out why would he do that? Because the other woman, she is still married. Like, he knows that that is going nowhere. And he kind of means nothing to her. He's like the side piece to her. And why wouldn't he choose this girl who knows everything about him? And despite that, and some, some of, of it because of, actually cares about him and actually likes him.
2: And, choo- and chooses to be with him, and
1: chooses to be with him, in knowing everything about him, and he he still chooses the other woman, and I feel like I don't know, I I can't see that as being any other way other than like a, an insecurity thing for him, for him, yeah, that he he like knows this- that he knows everything about him,
0: well, and this is not the woman I'm supposed to be with, right? I'm supposed to, you know, it. A- she's younger and she's like punk and she's like not accepted by society. And so it's like this older woman who's my editor, she's more, my age is like more acceptable. What's funny too, is like from Lisbeth's perspective, she's wearing her hair more normally. She's going to her former guardian, the one, you know, the one that had the stroke and is like, I'm finally happy. I'm with this, you know, I'm with this person. I have a friend. She goes to like buy him this nice jacket. She's like trying to become a more, acceptable person for him and then she sees this fucking throws the jacket away and just like rides off and and, in a really disappointing like like the fact that we're never going to get to see the rest of the story because i think it would have set up well and you know having fincher do it um but it, it is sad that it ends that way on on that note
1: do you know why they didn't make the sequels
0: the, the box office for this was kind of disappointing. And then, like, he was working on it. Um, like, I'm sorry. I went to see this twice. Okay. Twice. Yes. I mean, you're 20 bucks probably. Wasn't I, I don't go to see movies twice just so
2: that they can be, you know, not uh, their sequels to not be made. I went to see fucking in game five times and in second place this
0: movie twice. Okay. Well, you know what? So this made, I I, I think he, I, I read up on this a while ago. What I read recently said it wasn't, you know, it was disappointing. This had an estimated 90 million budget and grossed 232 million worldwide. That's like enough to get the sequels. Um, I think he was working on them for a while and then he just moved on to other stuff. So I, I read some interesting things. Like, so first of all, um, Rooney Mara like had to really fight for this part. And like one of the things she did after she got it is she got all the piercings legitimately for this. And after she was done filming, she took all of them out except the nipple piercing. But she's like, if we do the sequels, I don't want to have to redo this because of how painful it was.
1: Wow. That's some commitment.
0: That's dedication. Do you know who originally was going to get this part? The Elizabeth pot part. Yeah who Natalie Portman Huh wow. She she
2: fits like physically and like the looks wise she fits the bill but I don't think she has the tenacity of it
1: I don't know I mean did you see her in V for Vendetta I can totally see her taking this part by Storm but I'm really glad that it was Rooney Mara
0: Yeah I could but- see I I agree I could see it but I'm I'm glad Rooney Mara got it so I mean,
2: overall, I, I like this movie. Uh, obviously, I went to see it in theaters twice. He
1: he just wants one more reason to mention that he saw it in theaters twice.
2: But it is painfully uh, obvious to me that I am the one that knows the least about this movie. I <laughs> insert I'm every one... insert every movie we've done. Hey, that's not true. That's not true because I didn't see every movie. Twice in theaters, okay? Look, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that at least with the plot, you know, being so intricate, it was hard for me to keep up, even though, like, I really like this movie. Like, I really love how the mystery unfolds about it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I I love this one. I um there are obviously certain parts of it that are hard to watch. I do think they like add to the overall story though. Um but I just think the mystery is so well done. I think the acting is so well done. Um And yeah, I just I'm it's like one of my bigger disappointments that we never got the sequels for this. Like I think it just would have been like I trust Fincher to do that well. So, that's like unf- the only the only downside of this
1: i i like to imagine that this that the sequel to this movie was knives out (laughs) and that's why the one guy who died in knives out didn't he want daniel craig in like the event of something he wanted daniel craig to investigate his death wasn't that like part of his thing so it's like he knew him already from this and everything that Daniel Craig knows in Knives Out and his all of his skills that he has for investigating, he learned from Elizabeth. That's what I like to think.
2: I can see it. Overall, overall did you enjoy the movie?
1: I really enjoyed it. It was something that, like I said before, after watching it, I thought about it for several days. Um, it's definitely something that sticks with you. I don't know that I'd ever want to watch it again because it's very traumatizing, (laughs) but really, really good movie.
0: Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon,
1: And this is Taylor. And I finally watched The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo.